Hello and welcome to the Summer Camp Stories podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Soundjoinson, and over the past 20 years, I've been a camp counselor, program specialist, group leader, CIT director, and camp director. So join me as I reconnect with old camp friends and learn about their journey and hear their summer camp stories. Charlie Bennett to the podcast. Charlie Bennett, please report to the podcast. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for joining me. I'm very excited that you're here. Oh, thank you for asking me. I'm so excited to be here. Good. And I can still, that Welsh accent, I missed it. I missed it. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I can't remember. I, I think Wales were already gone as a nickname, so I never yeah. got that name. Does it count? Unfortunately, <laughs> I missed out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he was there 2001 and two, so he just just beat you out just by a hair, yeah. really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us then, tell us who you are, where you are, which I mean, I've given that away, but where you are, and then what you do now, and when you went to camp. Okay, I'm Charlie Bennett. I used to be Charlie Kotsiba. I was on camp between 2002 and 2004. I was a lifeguard my first year, which oh, was an right. absolute joke, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I spent my first week at camp where everybody else had to like clean the camp. Yeah, you know, before the children arrived, I think I spent that week doing my my blue cross. I think it was oh, called. Yeah, yeah. Because I was a swimmer, and then they just decided that swimmers made good lifeguards. So, yeah. so yeah, so I was a that's, lifeguard that first year. That's not always true because I've hired someone before to be a lifeguard here that was a good swimmer, and then they were allergic to the pool at my camp, oh. so it didn't work. <laughs> Well, I wasn't allergic, so um, yeah, but I was, I, mean, I can't say I was a good lifeguard either, but yeah, I was a lifeguard my first year, and then I was a general counsellor then in 2003 and 2004. Nice. Mostly with Division 4, and then my final year with the same kids in Alderbrook. Oh, awesome. So you had the same girls, give or take, like a good same were- core group of girls most of that time. Yeah, I wouldn't say they were all in my same bunk, but they were either next door, you know, yeah. by the time you get to Alderbrook. You're all together. Yeah. Yeah. It was really nice staying with the same girls, I've got to say. Nice. I had the same boys the whole time I was there. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's nice because even now I still, I'm still i still friends with those girls on Facebook. Not all of them. Some yeah. of them have deleted accounts and, you know, it's been 20 years, but it's just really nice to see now they're, you know, they're mothers, they're having children. Yeah. Some of them are just living their best lives and they're so glamorous. It's, it's just, incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. Tell yeah. me, how did you hear about camp then in the first place? And what made you decide to apply? Now, see, I haven't heard anybody mention this, but I thought this was quite a big reason for loads of people going to camp. There used to be, and I, I want to say it was like one of the first reality TV programs, because I don't think reality TV was a big thing back in 2002. Oh, Bug Juice. Yeah, and it okay. was on, I think it was on Channel 4 in the mornings, and it was called Bug Juice because... In that camp, what did we call our like the drink, the Gatorade kind of drink? Uh, bug, bug juice. That's what was we called. That it. What we used to call it? Yeah. Yeah. So that was the reason why the program was called Bug Juice. But because of Bug Juice, and you just saw the kids having fun and all yeah. the outdoor stuff, and it was this program on Channel Four, I think, in the summer holidays. And I was just obsessed, absolutely <laughs> obsessed with this program. I was like, I want to do that. That looks so cool. Yeah. So then I think an older brother from my friend. She wanted to do it too, and her older brother had gone and done it, and yeah. so it's then to tell us how to who to be put in touch with and how to go about it, and yeah. interview in some random hotel yep. lobby or something somewhere in the middle of Cardiff for their <laughs> recruitment, and then yeah, I got the letter to say that I was going to Nashopa. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. yeah, I had the lobby experience too, the lobby and then the letter. 
You know, I didn't get a choice where I was going. I was, you're going no, and I you're go-karts. That's it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, and I didn't really, really care. I was really chuffed when I found out there was in New York, but yeah. I could have been sent anywhere. You yeah. know, it just worked out brilliantly. Yeah. I feel like coming from the UK, we're lucky to get the New York camps because it's just one flight. You know, some of those folks that then had to jump on another plane and go another six, seven hours to LA and places like that. When I saw it was New York, I was like, okay, cool. It's familiar to me, kind of, because I've seen it on TV and it's the quickest <laughs> It's the quickest way there. So I was very excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember some of the first people that you met when you got there and some of the first friends that you made? Yeah. So I think when I was listening to Phil's, I think we've got similar memories. I remember Phil and Lynn and Sarah and Claire and B. And I think there was a lot of us on that bus. Yeah. So I want to say we I met Phil coming off the plane. I th- he was probably the first person that I met. Yeah. But we didn't know we were in the same camp until way later, until we were with B and Claire and oh, that gotcha. we did the same camp. Yeah. So it was, yeah, so I think it was that group. And it's already been said, but the story, you know, Lynn's story about the barbecue from Tesco's, and I know it's already in <laughs> Phil's podcast, that still stays with me today. You know, That's it's funny. just one of those really ridiculous stories that weirdly stays with you. Yeah. And first memory is just all of us really laughing on the bus at Lynn, you know, just holding court with everybody and just telling these really <laughs> ridiculous stories about, you know, being in customer services and Tesco's. Yeah, so they were the first people I met. And um, they're the still still the people that I'm closest to, I think, which is a bit bonkers. Oh, wow. Nice. Do so, you... yeah, so we still meet up. That's incredible. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. the one thing about living this far away from everybody else is the reunions. You know, I don't, like... When I go back to England, we try we tell people we're there and we, you know, here are the days we'll be in this city, here are the days we'll be in this city, but it's tough. But it's nice to see that people are still really getting together and making that effort. Yeah, it's been 20 years, so yeah. I'm still, you know, I don't see them in the flesh very often and obviously with COVID even less, but yeah. I've stayed with Lynn numerous times, I've stayed with Claire and we all get to, if I go to London, then I'll message Sarah and Lynn and B and Claire and we all kind of try if we can we'll try and get together yeah i think they might meet up a bit more often because they're closer than i am but yeah. it's really lovely because we were talking over whatsapp about maybe having t- next year is our 20 years since we met each other so yeah. we were having like a girls weekend away that would be something quite cool that we can possibly do yeah that's incredible so, um, yeah do you remember the first group that you lived with, like some of the first counsellors that you had or counsellors you, you were co-counsellors with any of those years? Oh, I've really been trying to rack my brain because similarly to um, Rosie, I have got a massive box full <laughs> of every, the amount of fight songs that I've got in this box. I could probably name you the majority of the ones that I sung. Awesome. I've got loads of fight songs, load of Alamatas in there. I've got um, the books that used to have for color war and the different yeah. wars that used to have and there's nowhere in there that tells me who was in my bunk oh no okay <laughs> it sounds awful but i do know i was with natalie the first year natalie who um helped billy with the shows okay was that dawson yes okay yeah he was in my bunk but she so both of us were specialists that year so yeah i can't remember for the life of me who the general counselors were i think yeah. they were americans okay and um i think they were probably campers who then turned yeah counselors i just can't remember because i wasn't really i didn't feel really part of my bunk in that first year because i was basically at the pool all day yeah but i do remember when elaine moved in you know at the end of camp where they kind of move everybody into into one bunk rather than having all the bunks open yeah so elaine moved in at some point awesome i remember because i remember like in the middle of the night 
Elaine and I were obviously in the same bunk and then um, they came in to get her for Colour War to get her in the middle of the night. Oh yeah, that was the same night they came and got me. Yeah, there we go. So so I do remember Elaine being there, but I just can't remember the names. And I was really, they were lovely. I just can't remember the names of them. And because I'm not friends with them on Facebook, we've just completely lost contact. Okay, well that's that's part of my next question is those folks you know like who are you still in contact with now that you speak to often and who are the people that you wish that you know you could connect with again so over the years my goodness like we've had a lot of reunions haven't we yeah i was just talking to um elaine last week because after her podcast i reached out to her and just you know we had a little chat afterwards yeah i was just saying about a reunion that we had up in liverpool and i'm pretty sure we went to your house it was my 21st birthday Oh, that's yeah. what it was. <laughs> Elaine was studying up there, so she had a student house. Now Elaine has no recollection of this at all. She has no remem- She has no recollection of me staying with her. <laughs> there was quite a few of us who stayed with her, and she has no idea of anybody else who stayed with her either. Mm-hmm. But quite a few of us stayed with her, and then some people stayed with you. And I remember yeah. going to your house before we went out, then into Liverpool in the night. Yeah. So yeah, but over the years we've had loads of reunions, but that one came up just because I was like, oh, I remember when we went to Liverpool, and she's like, no, don't remember remember that at all we've had numerous ones in london yeah are you remember you know rosie and reno and phil came down to see me in cardiff quite a few times just because it was a fun night out yeah and i had a flat right in the center of cardiff so you could literally step out of my flat and straight onto the the main busy streets i remember in 2002 <laughs> just before christmas dropping jillian off in cardiff to go stay with you yeah. for a little while yeah. yeah i was thinking about that today yeah i was thinking what year was that i just can't remember yeah 2002 Probably the first reunion that you were a part of. Yeah, yeah. that's bonkers, isn't it? Yeah. Because she stayed a couple and then she had to go on somewhere else then. Yeah, she did. She she did quite the tour. No, she she was she went to Wales. She went. I think she we started in London because I stayed with Claire and we picked her up at the airport. Then she came back up to stay with me. Then I took her to Cardiff to stay with you. Then I think she flew up to Scotland to see Paul for a little while and then took the bus back down or something to come back and see me and then on to other people as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I was thinking about that today. But yeah, so they used to come down to me. I've been to London, you know, regularly. I say regularly. As the years have gone on, it's become less regular because obviously we've had all all our children, but... You know, with Sarah and Lynn and B and Claire, I'm still, you know, very friendly with. Yeah. You know, in recent years, I haven't spoken to people so much, but I feel that Facebook, you tend to feel like you're part, you still know what what people are doing and you're yeah. part of people's anyway, because you see their family photos and they've been on holiday. And, and so I guess, you know, there are people that I've lost contact with, but I don't feel like I've lost contact with them because yeah. I can still see what they're doing. Is there anyone there, though, that you just wish you could pick up the phone and be like, hey, it's been 19 years. How are you doing? Yeah, so I think um, the people who I feel that I was really, really close to and we lost contact the most are the ones who came from like New Zealand, like oh, Amy yeah. mm-hmm. from New Zealand. I know Kiwi John was there that first year in 2002. Yeah. You know, because I guess the distance was so far. Yeah. We're still friends on Facebook. I still see them, but I haven't reached out or had any kind of chat with those people for so many years. Yeah. Yeah. So that is a shame because I traveled with um, Rosie and Sarah in 2003 after camp. Mm-hmm. But I started it off with Rosie and Amy. We went to stay with Amy's uncles in Boston and you know we went to Cape Cod and it was so you know we've got an awful lot of memories together and it is a shame that just some people it's just life just gets in the way doesn't it and you don't well to think that it was that long ago 
you know, talking about the reunion up in Liverpool for my 21st. I'm 40 next month, but it doesn't <laughs> seem like that much time has passed. You know, like it still seems like yesterday. Whenever you reach out and talk to someone from camp, like we haven't spoke like this in at least 12, 13 years, I would imagine. But it doesn't seem like it because no, we have absolutely. that shared camp experience. So you can just, I feel like I'm 20 whenever I'm talking to people from the Chopra, you know, which is good. It'll keep me young. <laughs> Maybe that's a subconscious reason why I'm doing this podcast you know maybe I've, it's a midlife crisis i'm about to turn 40 i need to feel 20 again <laughs> do you know what it's so nice to be able to speak to people about it yeah because i think my family my husband they're just fed up of me saying anything about camp not because yeah. they're not supportive but over the years i'm like oh this song reminds me of camp yeah. oh this song reminds me of camp oh i, I went there when i was at camp yeah and i was just like oh shut up they just don't want it anymore you know yeah. so when you actually finally get to speak to people about camp it's so lovely well, because you... they're just as excited as you are about those memories yeah well if you haven't been it's hard to relate to because a lot of the memories that you hear people talking about and we don't get this right but i i'm, not, I'm struggling to think of a different thing people are always so excited about that i haven't done that i just can't relate to so you know how, talking about i mean that's why jillian and i work because we know camp and we talk about camp and it's fine because the other person has that shared experience but if you haven't done that before like titty titty told me in his podcast like his friends and his family pretty much banned him from talking about camp because they were sick of it you know because but they don't know it if you know it it's incredible yeah it is yeah so yeah so it is yeah it's just lovely to be able to speak to people yeah and pick up and as you said it just feels like no time has gone past they're the kind of friends you just pick up again it's really lovely yeah well let's jump into some of them camp memories then you know and i so i want you to tell me some of your favorite camp memories when you first think of camp what pops to mind and, you know, one of the first things or the main thing I think about a lot, like when I'm thinking about you, is the whole production of Grease that happened. It's, it's straight away in my head. There's a photo that I'm thinking of and the whole cast is on stage, you know, wearing leather jackets and all of that kind of cool stuff. And I and I can just picture you clearly on that stage doing the Grease production. Now, I'm sure because that's that was pretty much a highlight of that year. That you that's part of what you want to tell the story so i'm not going to give away any any more than that but whenever i think of you i, I think of you dressed in your grease outfit from that production oh do you know what? i think that was my favorite and i was a bit of a draw i don't even think of myself as a bit of a drama person but i think i did all of the shows yeah but grease was my very very favorite it was just so fun yeah so fun I've just got so many good memories. That was 2002, wasn't it? That was the first year. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, because uh, the other whales was in it. <laughs> I say the other whales. Yeah. Our other friend from Wales. Wales. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that was 2002. And it was just, it wasn't so much about the actual putting on the show for yeah. what people watching. It was more the late night rehearsals, just the laugh that we had. Yeah. You know, the I just remember um, trying to help some of the boys like choreograph the Grease Lightning dance. Yeah. And then just out of nowhere, they've had this idea that they wanted to use a quad bike to in that routine to like whip <laughs> the blanket off the quad bike. Yeah. Because obviously in the film, you know, they, they pull the blanket and there's like an amazing car, but obviously we couldn't get a car in the hall. So yeah. they did it with the quad bike and it just... Just the laughing and the sense of all of us doing it together. Yeah. But it was a really fun time. Yeah, so it was just one of my favourite things. I think Elaine's already talked about the <laughs> late night rehearsals after the bar and just oh, yeah. trying 
to learn lines and Elaine being kicked out and <laughs> just all of those funny things. It was just so funny. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't really know what how the show came across and whether it was any good. It was great. But Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> But as just a counsellor, just ha- living their best life, just having a bit of fun with a- another load, load of counsellors, yeah. it was just a great time. I really enjoyed it. And I was trying to think earlier about, there was another show that year. And for some reason, there were two shows. I think we did a chorus line that year as well. There was usually a or couple, I'd say two or three, because, you know, at, on the video at the end of every year, you know, you get that video yearbook or the DVD yearbook as it came because we were we were there for that whole transition of VHS to DVD. But there was always a couple of shows. You know, I remember Mame being a show, Annie Get Your Gun being a show. I mean, all the years kind of meld together for me now, but there was, I think there was always at least two shows. See, I can't remember one in 2004, which is very odd because I'm sure yeah. I would have been part of it. <laughs> oh, for but sure. I remember, but I remember being in Chorus Line. Yeah. And then... The chorus line there was Greece. Yep. And then I was in The Wizard of Oz, I think, in the second year. Okay. Which was brilliant. Yeah. Not as good as Greece. Absolutely not. But it was <laughs> a laugh, you know? Yeah. You know, it didn't have the kind of cool appeal that Greece had, but it doesn't matter. And then I'm sure I did in a Chopper Idol then in two thousand and four. Okay. Because American Idol, I think, was getting a lot bigger and then Billy decided she wanted to have yeah. a, like a Chopper Idol. So I remember doing that as well, which was good fun, but I had to pull out of it because that year I was in Alderbrook. And if you remember, Alderbrook had a day out on a Wednesday mm-hmm. and the show Idol was on a Wednesday night. Oh, gotcha. So everybody would have to come back early for me to do this in the show Idol. And you can imagine all the 15 year old girls and how impressed they were at the, yeah. at the fact that they had to be back on camp when it was their day <laughs> off. So I had to retire from that. So... I have no idea. I can't remember where I came, but it, you know, I think I, yeah, it was just one of those things. It was good fun, but I can't remember a show in that year. I don't think there was a show. Huh. Well, I wasn't there in 2004 because that's when, no, I was getting my visa to move here in 2004. So Jillian and I didn't go to camp in 2004, but I, I was there in 2005 and I was, I was the mean judge. In a show for Idol in 2005. There's a photo of me with like big pieces of tissue paper in my ears while some while a kid is singing on the stage, you know, being the Simon. And then the Alderbrook and the CIT days off. I did that in 2006. I was a CIT group leader in 2006, and they were fun. Like you know, we went to the mall once because that's the best day off ever. But we went to I want to say we went to see Ashley Simpson. Jessica Simpson's younger sister in Did concert. you? Yeah, with the oh, CITs and stuff. I a day in Met Stadium watching the Yankees versus the Mets. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who would think of that as an absolutely brilliant day off. But yeah. let me tell you, I did not find that a very good day off. <laughs> Four hours in the nosebleed section in like 100 degree heat. It was yeah. not fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did that. I think I think that was a. I did the Philadelphia trip with a bunch of kids one year, and we went to a Phillies game. And the sun was in our eyes. We, we you know, everyone got a hot dog and a soda or something. But four hours without a drink in that, like a real drink, yeah. nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a fan. I'm sure you know. Obviously, Jerry would have come with us, and he yeah. would have had an absolutely amazing day. <laughs> but Alderbrook were not in, interested in yeah. watching the Mets and the yeah. Yankees play. And I think the majority of us, I think the stadium had some kind of shopping mall on one of the floors. Gotcha. And I think we all went and did that. I'm not support. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, that's fine. <laughs> Maybe they would have been excited to get back in time from the show bridal that night. You know, <laughs> Maybe on that one week. Yeah, possibly. But yeah, there's, oh gosh, so many just funny things happen on camp. The, the, the wars have already been mentioned a lot, but they just were really, really great fun. Yeah. Especially the, the fight songs. You don't get that as an adult, do you? Right. You know, when when else have you ever really stood with a group of mates? I guess, you know, things like football and things count, but it's not a different song every time, is it? It's the same songs yeah. that you sing in the football. But just standing in a room, just singing, you know, something at the top of your lungs, yeah. like with full gusto. Yeah. Some kind of fight song or something. It's just brilliant. It's yeah. just such a fun thing. And as adults, I don't think we really get to do any of the things. I was thinking about jello wrestling the other day. <laughs> I'm so glad I did that at camp because I've never done that as an adult. I've yeah. never done it ever in my life otherwise. <laughs> well, don't forget, technically you're an adult at camp, even though it was our job to be big kids. And feel like an adult yeah. at camp. <laughs> So speaking of that type of thing, you know, the, you know, the trips, the activities during the daytime, the fun activities during nighttime, things like the Jello wrestling, the the Chopper idols, the Rondegons. What was the Simon Says guy's name? Don't tell me Simon Says or Simon. What was his, his name? His name was Steve Max. Oh, was it? Okay. I remember I because I won it in, I, th- I think it was when I visited in 2008, I won. So I, I have the medal with Steve Max Simon says somewhere in the somewhere here in the storeroom. I was thinking about him because he was so good at that. But yeah. my husband now does that kind of thing as like warm ups for his golf, and he tries to catch all the kids out. But he's so good at it, and yeah. I it kind of always when I watch my husband do it, it always reminds me of us all trying to do it and just being really useless at it at, at camp. Bernard, but, um, who I interviewed for the last podcast, he told me he reminded me that he would also get a kid. Put a kid on, you know, the folding deck chairs. Put a kid I on one of those, and then and then balance the kid on the chair on his chin. Can your husband do that? No, he cannot. <laughs> but, but weirdly, I used that music in one of my lessons in school, and oh, that yeah. music is, you know, because it's just music does take you back in time, doesn't it? Yeah. That music that he used to use for that when he was opening and closing the chair, the bomb, yep. bomb, 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 bomb. That music just still now reminds me of being in camp in like early two thousands, and oh, I'm in the middle fine. of a, you know, a music class or something in yeah. two thousand and twenty one in my class, and I'm still <laughs> thinking about this random guy. <laughs> Closing a chair because of that music. It's crazy. That's incredible. Um, a funny memory I was thinking about earlier, actually, going back to Amy, especially in 2003, I think, because we were returning counsellors, possibly a bit more confident in the second year. Yes, for sure. And on our days off, we would obviously go to the mall because it was possibly one of the only things to do unless you want to do a big overnight. Yeah. And we would spend a lot of time in the dollar store. And I think one, <laughs> one week we found these really random magnets that had lights on the outside. Okay. And so you like put them on your top. So you put the magnet under your top and yeah. then the light on the top. And then it would light up on your, th- on your top. So we bought a load of them and came up with the idea to write a note in all of the girls' bunks, all around girls. What do they call it? Girls' circle? What yeah. was it called? Go circle. Is it go circle? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we wrote notes in everybody's bunk, who, uh, whoever was going to go to the bar that night, that everybody was to wear a bra on top of their outfit. <laughs> and then we had these light up lights that they could then wear on top of them. And then we would all go to the bar with our 
bras on outside of our outfit thinking that oh do you know this might be a massive flop we thought it was hilarious but this is going to be a massive <laughs> flop nobody had really discussed it it's not like we discussed it in person they just had these notes and just I think it's just really telling of camp and the type of people that went that arriving to the bus you would just see all these girls you know women <laughs> I guess arriving with all of their bras, like on top of their outfit and just being confident enough to know that everybody else was going to do it and that yeah. people aren't going to let you down and make you look just like the only one being really ridiculous. And the amount <laughs> of pictures that I've got of that night of for initially all the girls yeah. with their bras on top of their outfits in Last Chance having a, just a really funny night. Yeah. Then through loads of pictures of all the boys then decided they wanted to get on the action. And then I think then... The bras had gone from the girls halfway through the night and then the boys remained then in the bras <laughs> at the end of the evening. It's just such a funny thing. Just the comfort. I think the, the, the idea of that, it doesn't happen very often where it's not a trick and we, yep. we weren't trying to kick anybody out. We weren't trying to make anybody look stupid. We just thought, what a funny thing is if we do that. Yeah. But we didn't manage to see everybody. But the fact that everybody still turned up and did it. That's incredible. Just, yeah. That's some trust right there. Yeah, that's what I mean. I just... Thought it just really telling of the people I went to camp that they were just down for it. It was just funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that and I because I think I've got so many pictures of that night. Yeah. I think I took a loads. It just really sticks in my mind then because we just. Yeah, I must. I, think we were, I must have been on OD that night. I must have been on OD that night because I don't remember that at all. I don't remember what year it was. It yeah. must have been 2003 because I don't think Amy came back in 2004. Okay. It must have been 2003. Yeah, yeah. but it was just very funny. That's awesome. Very funny. Yeah. <laughs> So speaking of things like confidence and trust that you mentioned there, what would you say or how would you say camp prepared you for what you do today? Well, I'm a teacher now. So and I I do think I was very shy going to camp, really shy. And I think I just became so much more outgoing. And Mm -hmm. I guess I've turned into the outspoken person that I am now. But, you know, within teaching, you've just got to be a bit silly sometimes. Yeah. And I think it definitely brought out my silliness. Am I willing to be silly in front of other people and not really worry about it? Yeah. You know, as I said, the story that I've just said, you know, you're just being silly for just being silly's sake and nobody judging you. And then just stepping then in front of a class when you're a teacher, I think you've just got to have the confidence to be a bit silly and just get the kids on board. So it's definitely helped me in that sense. Did you know that you wanted to be a teacher before camp? Yeah. So I was, um, so every year that I went back to camp, I was in university doing my teaching degree and then be in camp then in the summers because obviously uni holidays are an awful lot longer than um, school holidays. So yeah, so I was able to do it like that. So yeah, you know, it was definitely always something that I was going to do. But yeah, it's definitely helped me in that way. And um, as I said, it's just so lovely to have a load of people that you can talk to about it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You mentioned your box of songs and trinkets and all that stuff. So I, ex- I expect a good answer for this for this question. I know you've got it. What songs or music just take you right back? Obviously, the Steve Max opening and closing the chair song. But when you hear, is, what other songs do you hear and instantly you're transported right back? So many of them have been said. Like, you know, I understand the whole Chili Peppers thing. There yeah. were lots of things like Days Off and we'd all buy the album while we were out there and those kinds of things. But there were a couple that I thought that were really personal. So I don't think they would be ones that everybody would think about. Yeah. But ones for me were, I guess, so my first year when we did college weekend, that very first war that we did, yeah. I think I just, I don't know how it happened, but somehow I came to be the person to choreograph the counsellor dance routine for college weekend. Mm-hmm. And so we did it to get the party started by Pink. 
Yeah. So that was, I, and I, I genuinely have no idea. I'm sure I've got pictures somewhere, but I genuinely have no idea who was in that dance. But I remember <laughs> choreographing it. And then to bring some of the silliness, the boys then decided, so there were a load of us girls and there were a load of, them, load of the boys as well. And they decided to, whatever the name of the college was, to write the name in red paint oh, on yeah. their boxer shorts. Yeah. <laughs> so at the end of the dance, they'd turn around, pull their shorts down, and on the boxer shorts then in red paint, yeah. they had the name of the college. Yeah. So that really, I think that was like my baptism of fire because after that, I think I, I think I choreographed just every single dance for every yeah. single war that I was in then after that. So that was kind of like the thing that reminds me of that part of camp, yeah. the dancing and that, those kinds of things. So every time that get you know get the party starter comes on, I, I, it does take me back to high kicks and paint on backsides. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think Will Smith came on Graham Norton. I don't I don't even know when it was. It might have been years old, but I think I just saw it recently. And he did the dance to the Sugar Hill Gang, you know, Apache, the jump uh, on it. Yeah. I know, dun, I know dun. which clip you're talking about as well. Yeah. Yeah. So he <laughs> did it. And instantly I was like, <gasps> yeah. It's camp. <laughs> I didn't realize that, that when I was in 2002, I didn't realize that that was an actual dance for that song. I just thought it was a camp thing. I didn't understand. Uh, okay. Yeah. Because I'd never really heard of the Sugar Hill Cat Gang back in 2002. And I couldn't really tell you much about them now. But from seeing like <laughs> Will Smith do the dance, I was like, ah, not a camp thing. That's yeah. an actual thing. But that really took me back with that song because if any time I hear that song played anywhere, yeah, then that really reminds us of you know being on the like the side of the pool. I think yeah. in one of the videos, one of the camp videos, there's a clip of me and some of the other girls doing that. What's that <laughs> thing you used to do where you used to pass all the water down the pool and then you'd have to fill your buckets? The what bucket brigade. Bucket oh, brigade. is that what it's called? Yeah. There we go. So that dance really reminds me of doing that activity. Oh, and so, funny. yeah, so when I saw Will Smith doing it, I was like, oh, yeah. camp. You're passing people water, little little cups of water. Yeah. Quick. <laughs> tiny, tiny cups of water. Hilarious. <laughs> um, and then I think I didn't realise, because, you know, Rosie has definitely got this down. Yeah. But um, I, I wrote quite a lot of, yeah, like, Alamatas and stuff, like, girls sings over the years. Yeah. But the one I think that stays with me was um, Right Here Waiting by Richard Marks. Okay. Uh, yeah. Wherever you go. Yeah. Wherever you do. That one. Um, so we wrote that one for girls singing in 2003. And I just remember Karen coming up to me with tears in her eyes. Awesome. Saying, Charlie, that was. So- I can't I can't do that because I'm, gonna- I'm not going to do that. So. <laughs> she just said, Charlie, that made me cry so much. Yeah. Beautiful. And it's just that stayed with me. So, um, yeah. So those are the songs aside from all the other ones that have already been mentioned by yeah. everybody else. Great. There are three, really- three ones that yeah. haven't been said before. So that's a hat trick yeah. right there. So I was really trying. And, you know, Christine mentioned the whole Footloose thing. And that yeah. really is a massive memory for me as well. To be honest, every time I hear the, the foot, Footloose, I don't really yeah. look at Kevin Bacon. I just genuinely think of me and Christine Lull outside and girls circle <laughs> practicing that dance routine. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Spe- speaking of Christine Lull, you disagree with her about my accent. Absolutely. You do not sound like you did back in 2002. <laughs> Sorry, Christine. You're absolutely wrong. <laughs> So I, you know, I I feel like I know the answer to this question, but I ask everybody anyway. If it worked out that a bunch of us could go back, our summer was free, everyone's kids and families were taken care of, and it was all good, would you go back and do it again? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I got this like idea in my head that I would love to do it with like all of our kids. Yeah. So all of us would bring our children to camp. 
Yeah. And how brilliant would that be if we had like family wars? You know, we oh, all yeah. like compete in the silly things, you know, against each other. And we teach our children all like the chants, not that I can remember many, but, yeah. you know, we teach them all like different We'd have like activities in the day and then, I don't know, watching films on the mess hall lawn at night or yeah. jello wrestling or, or, you know, all those funny things like having a cookout or, yeah. I don't know, it's just, how brilliant would that be? That would be amazing. I would love that. Wouldn't it? I, I would do that right now. Yeah, Aren't that's me? incredible. <laughs> What would Dave, you even need to get on this? This is a great idea. All right, let's make it happen. We can run out. We can run out in the show before a week, I'm sure. I'm sure between you know however many people who decided to want to come between yeah. us, I'm sure the price would be quite reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> what would you What would you take with you this time, knowing what you know now about having been there and worked there? What would you take with you? Oh, I don't know because even as a returning counsellor, I was pretty boring. I was only ever taking things like Yorkshire tea, <laughs> you know, British chocolate. Yeah. Yeah, you know. I don't think there's anything I would really take necessarily. I think we'd be so much better equipped in regards to music and stuff and Wi-Fi. And, you know, oh, yeah. I, going through my box earlier, it was really funny how the internet wasn't really a, a massive, massive thing back in 2002. Right. I was reading the notes I had from my family. And I guess, you know, there's a generational thing there as well. But they were talking about your mum's had to print out the email that she got in work because we don't have internet at home or, yeah. you know, these things. And, you know, just being able to speak to people back home. Like I didn't really phone because it was such a nightmare trying yeah. to get through. We had no signal on camp. Yeah. I don't think Wi-Fi and those kinds of things, things existed back then. No, so, I, they didn't. So it's yeah. really strange. You really think about it, the technology side of it. What a difference just being able to film things that we do and yeah. take the pictures that we had. They wouldn't all be grainy like mine are now. Yeah, that's one th Like having a cell phone at camp and the Wi-Fi. I mean, think about whenever we had a song in mind for something, we'd have to go and wait for the office computer, try and yeah. download the song <laughs> either legally or illegally, find the site with the lyrics on them and print the lyrics out nine times so everybody could have the lyrics to then change and then write them out and then go or yeah. type them out if you had time you know and then Never. get the photocopies done all that just for one song and each each event had about nine different songs we were doing so yeah and um, what really struck me earlier going through the box is i completely forgot about this this memory is completely gone until today when i went through my box yeah i found all my marriage and divorce papers from the carnival <laughs> <laughs> i married a lot of people but i think a lot of people did you know yeah. it was very um, incestuous in that way um there's still and, a little um, one of the um pipe cleaner wedding rings on one of yeah. the neshopa lanyards that jillian and i have so i don't know if it was from me and her getting married at camp or Possibly her or me because, yeah i could have been you anyone might, you might have married a lot of people yeah but um it was funny that it just what caught my eye today was in 2002 and 2003 they were these handwritten bits of just yeah. rubbish but then in 2004 they were done on some kind of word document Ooh, and fancy. you could see that they were typed out and i just thought ah right there between there 2003 is. 2004 that is where yeah. the technology changed on camp because you know things started getting typed <laughs> What a, what a great document and history of the internet you have there in that box. <laughs> My marriage and divorce papers. <laughs> so any other any other stories you want to tell? Anyone you want to give a shout out to? Oh, I just want to give a shout out to everybody. Everybody that we've spoken about. Everybody yeah. who's done the podcasts already. You know, even people that I haven't mentioned. I've just got so many memories of so many people. It's just impossible to be able to say everybody's name. But yeah. but I would love to hear from anybody. Yeah. You know, just... 
just to say hey or whatever it's just so it's just so lovely to be able to reminisce and take a little trip down down memory lane awesome well thank you so much this has been great and it's been nice talking to you again after all these years i know yeah let's let's reach out to the crawls and we'll see how much it is to book a week and we can all go (laughs) back take our kids and then we and we can all get married and divorced one more time Big thank you to this episode's guest, Charlie Bennett, joining us all the way from Wales. Appreciate having you on. Superstar teacher and choreographer extraordinaire. Join me again next time for the season one finale, where I'll be talking to another one of my old camp friends and discussing our summer camp stories.